Welcome to Off Script with Jason and Joel. And now, here are your hosts, two guys who love ice skating, but don't actually love the cutting edge, Jason and Joel. It's true and we're ashamed to admit it. Welcome to Off... I, I almost said Off Flicks. <laughs> off Script <laughs> with Jason... And Joel! <laughs> hey! We're your wacky host. And we are here. Tonight. Let's be clear. Yeah. No, no. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. I don't actually like ice skating at all. So the fact that I hated cutting edge just was not related because I didn't ice skate till I was like 20. <laughs> that isn't what you said when we reenacted that scene from Rocky One. I was way past 20. Yeah. Way past 20. Plus, there's no ice in Florida. So. Why do we even have well, a Gotta say, it was a little awkward having you dressed up like Adrian and, and holding your hand as we went around that empty rink. So, so good evening, my friend. Yes, How are you? Good, e- good evening. <laughs> I am here. I am ready to rock and roll. And of course, those of you that are new to the show, and, and really, who isn't? Because you, most listeners last once. So if you're listening, you're first time. And this show is sort of, mm, it's a potpourri. It's a... It's a pot of pori. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It is a, is a pot to piss in. Yes. And barely. we don't have a window to throw it out. So we just throw it directly at the wall. Yep. And this is, we are, we host another podcast you may have heard of. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> called Forgotten <laughs> Flicks. And this is sort of our, we needed another outlet to talk about other things besides just retro movies podcast. So this is sort of our what's coming out trailers. We've seen movies. We're interested in. Yeah. As well as sort of the philosophical and sociological aspects of film production and the film industry. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yes. This is our, this is our place to go down even deeper rabbit holes because we don't have enough space in the hour and 15 minutes we cover on the other show. Yes. Down so many, we needed another avenue. So yeah. this is our exit ramp to a second set of highways. <laughs> that that would be actually a very very good way of putting it. <laughs> so for those of you that are new, it was nice nice knowing you. Have fun. So welcome. Yeah. Well, yes, welcome. I mean, that's what I meant to say. And mm-hmm. we also uh, will little late, later on have C and D theater. We do have a C and D theater ready to go. Um, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say. I'm not going to say what crazy shenanigans are going to happen in that. <laughs> And I think that's pretty much it. So, uh, Jason, would you like to uh, continue with the sentence I interrupted you with to tell you that we were going to start recording? We're doing something new tonight, by the way. Normally, Jason and I get on the horn and we talk for, what, like an hour before we even start? <laughs> so, maybe, maybe not an hour, but we, we hit at least 20 minutes or yeah. so. And then we're like, oh, crap, we probably should actually be recording right now. So Which is I, sad because we talked for at least an hour at lunch. And, yeah, you know, yeah, what the maybe. hell is wrong with us? We're obsessed. Do you think we're going to go through a draw next week? Seriously? We're obsessed with movies, well, I that, think. Yeah, or or, yeah. or each other. Are we going to go <laughs> through withdrawal? A little inside baseball. Jason and I worked uh, past tense in the same department. Yeah. He, he's leaving me. I am. I'm actually moving a couple of floors away. Uh, so. <laughs> yep. It may. Yep. Uh, I'm sure it was nothing it personal. Either that or we'll get into uh, movie diarrhea when we actually do get to talk about movies during That's the true. show. And That's true. The podcast could be, it'll either, it'll either suffer horribly or it'll be <laughs> so, far, far more entertaining. 
There will so be no middle ground. You can ground. tell uh, by the next episode of Offscript or Forgotten Flicks, you'll be able to tell if there's a difference. And yep. Well, actually, not next episode of Forgotten Flicks because that'll be Daryl, and that comes out next week. Oh right, yeah, the one after Daryl, the the one immediately. Actually, followed. no, no. By the time they're hearing this, you have long since left. And by the time they hear, mm-hmm. well, no, see, you should have just shut up and listened to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, by the time you do hear the next Forgotten Flicks episode, you'll notice you'll you can see a difference. Yes. Yes. So so my original sentence as mm-hmm. we were kicking into this yes. uh, is that um, oftentimes we'll we'll start to talk about uh, new trailers that have come out or um, new things that are kind of on the movie horizon, and for the last I want to say six months, I want to say pickings have been slim because we've had lots to talk about, but we've also had. Um, some pretty big things to cover our show. So we've talked about Man of Steel. We've talked about some uh, Lone Ranger, some big topics. But over the last week, I feel like there have been a lot of trailers that have come out. Hmm. Like Smurfs so, 2? Um, Smurfs 2 is got to be in the top three of my... Like, no, God damn it. We talked about Smurfs. No. <laughs> No, I, I, I think I think it looks phenomenal. I'm just going to lay it out there right now. Oh, well, you know, Smurfs changing colors, evil Smurfs, whatever. No, but I feel like there's actually a, a pretty um, a pretty amazing plethora, if you would say, a, if you would say a, I have a, a plethora a, of horses. A, a plethora. Mm-hmm. Would you say I have a plethora of horses? Yes, yes. You have a plethora of horses. <laughs> just. <laughs> Um, no, that three so, amigos reference. He's not being horribly racist. I'm not. It's, it's okay. If you're quoting a movie, <laughs> everybody knows that. That's why we get away with our wonderful accents on, the, on the off script and forgotten flicks. <laughs> yes. No, I just feel like there's been a lot of really cool, uh, trailers over the last couple of weeks. Plus we had the end of comic-con, which had some cool announcements and some cool trailers and things that were released at that time, which is always a neat, uh, time of year when, uh, comic-con ends because they have some big usually some big either sci-fi superhero something around that uh nature which this time included Zack snyder announcing that superman and batman were going to be in the next film and you know the best part about the show because we release it so late our news is unbelievably dated but continue <laughs> people don't listen to our show for news they listen to it for our for commentary old, yeah for our old, old news, news. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, that election in, in uh, 2000, oh, that was craziness. Oh, Can you believe that? Oh. I don't know. Yes, uh, what are the random? Oh, you remember them hurricanes in 2004 that we had? <laughs> yes. uh, it's it's not that old, but, okay. you know. Yes, yeah, so Batman of- and Superman together again. Well, yes. for the first time on the big screen. First time on the big screen. Um, so that's, you know, it's it's a good time of year. I think that uh, not only have we had some good movies come up, but we've got some some cool trailers that are that are out there. So you and I have a couple we want to talk about in detail, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I wanted to toss a couple of uh, a couple others out there that are um, brand new or at least pretty close to brand new by the time this episode comes out. It's probably like six months old. But um, one is uh, a movie called Frankenstein's Army. I saw the trailer. Did you really? Okay. Yeah. Before I comment, tell me what you think. (laughs) Okay. I think that I am turning into an even older curmudgeon than I once thought. And that 
<laughs> I've decided I do love horror movies as long as they are maybe pre-1996. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I, I really feel as if, I'm not saying no good horror movies come out, and we're not going into The Conjuring because somebody on this podcast has seen it, and one of us has still a day or two to wait. And so, for a gosh darn change, son of a biscuit, I'm the one that saw it first. <laughs> yeah, so no, we don't talk about it. We're not talking about it. Yes, we're, we are. We will not, no, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. So that, uh, I, I, I add the caveat, there are exceptions peppered throughout. Obviously, I, I catch a horror movie here and there since, uh-huh. the, since the mid-90s that I can take. But as the genre as a whole, like if, if really, if, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just find that anymore when something comes out, my response isn't, oh my God. I mean, the Conjuring really stands out just because, just from the trailers. But that's what it, I, I like creepy, quiet, just stick with you for days, those kind of movies. And, yep. and, I, and, I, and I will add this caveat as well. There have been foreign horror films that I've seen that have come out in the last several years that have been just phenomenal. just not the big Hollywood. Yeah, big, how do you think connected with Hollywood or American? I don't know. Frankenstein's Army, was that, is that American? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to reserve. Ju- I just, it's so over stylized. It's so. Well, and that's what I was thinking. <sighs> I saw it more as like a cheesy horror film yeah. that was more along the lines of the kind of movies that I like for sci-fi. Yeah. I but mean, it's it, not even, it's, it's, I don't mind cheese. I mean, we discussed it. I mean, obviously I love army of darkness. I mean, I love stuff like that. The problem I've got is just the visual, the aesthetic. It, it's just, it's so, and as one with ADD, you think it would totally appeal to me. Quite the opposite. I, I don't know why that is, but it just—I <laughs> just, you know what I mean. That look. That, no, I got gotcha. you. The I got gotcha. It's such a cliche to say, you know, the MTV style editing that the kids today like. No, I could, you know, when they actually had music videos. But and no kids watch MTV, so and that, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. It just—it's a look and a feel. Everything. No. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I see this as almost like a, a video game with the really yeah. weird, over-the-top steampunk creature monsters uh, kind of thrown into a World War II setting. It is, it is again, I think this is similar to those sci-fi movies that are like, if you go into it expecting what you what it's meant to be, not that it's meant to be a grand cinematic, uh, you know, um, uh, horror flick yeah. that stays with you for days. I think it's just more of that cheese. Uh, but- now that you say that, that's a good point to bring up. I recently heard a discussion. I think it was Movie Podcast Weekly. They had a guest host on who's actually a film critic who works at, uh, I think, on the Slash Filmcast. A guy named Laramie. He's pretty prolific. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book. He's on, on film criticism and, and you know, real smart, re- very funny guy. And definitely you think a guy who wrote a book about film critics and film criticism would be <laughs> not at all. Actually, quite the contrary. But he got into this whole discussion about that idea of if you just go in with certain expectations. His point was now this may not apply as much to a Frankenstein's army just because I'm sure it's pretty low budge and yeah, they had yeah. limitations. But his point was anytime Hollywood makes a movie when you're talking about the most talented craftspeople in an industry with uh, just insane amounts of money to spend. The expectation yeah. should be it's good that, that, that they're pretty I much agree. the expectation should always be it's good. It should be good. That should be my expectation. Now, Frankenstein's army. I realize one yeah. should maybe go in with a certain amount. I would add the, the caveat to what he said. Yes, he's right in principle, especially when you're talking about big budgeted type movies, except for the fact where, you know, they completely, blow it on the script you know that's that's not important 
But but see that that comes back to the filmmakers to me. If they've if they blew all their money in one area, and we've we've talked about this, if they blow all their money, let's say in effects, and the story sucks and the acting sucks, it doesn't make for a good film. So it's up to the producers and the directors to spread that out to make the whole thing good, not just the amount of money they spent. So I don't care. You spend two hundred million dollars, it's got to be a good movie. If I hear that it's not that good, yeah. I'm not going to go see it. Yeah, that's true. So at least with some of these low budget ones, I'll give a little bit more of a pass. Yeah, because know, I think I think you can't. You do have to chance. have a sliding scale, right? I don't think it's fair, honestly, to say, "Well, you had a 1.2 million dollar budget, so I'm going to hold you to the same standard that I would for this movie right here that had a 185 million dollar budget." Oh, and by the way, you're a cheesy, over the top campy sci-fi horror film and this one over here is a merchant ivory production you know <laughs> right. of swan lake lake or whatever you, my point being that it, you you have to have certain benchmarks mm-hmm. and certain uh, almost like a matrix that you go by depending on all the different factors that make a movie now the, here's the catch to that most people aren't like that the regular joe and jane out there that just go to see movies or just go catch something in a red box or on Netflix. That's not mm-hmm. how they operate. If they get a movie and it costs very little to make, they don't know that they don't care. They just know that in their mind, it wasn't at the same quality level. It's been, they take it almost like just purely on technical proficiency, let's say. So even if it had a great story and great acting and great dialogue, that is beside the point to the fact that the effects look like crap or it, it just the quality of the lighting wasn't as good or whatever as some huge yeah, quality, And that's that, how they hold it to that standard. But I think there's something to be said, and I mean this in a, a sense of just general public, not you know hardcore cinephiles or people who really are either you know critics or in the industry or whatever. But if you think about the idea of the story of an underdog – I think that plays into it as much as the quality of the movie, because you go back to even thinking about um, Blair Witch Project. You know, you know, what I talked about. I, I like it. I think it's a good movie. I think that it got boosted exponentially. Oh, of course, it was marketing based on the story of the filmmakers. Oh, well, yeah, the fact they well, they were also really harnessed early internet marketing. I mean, they really well, yeah. did that. Yeah, so they were pioneers in that. But I think the idea of a Low budget, because that comes out in all the stories. Oh, I mean, yeah. We even talk about Conjuring. Um, I heard a story about Conjuring and how well it did when it released that first weekend, and it compared it to some of the other low budget uh, thriller horror movies like The Purge Here's or Mama. The key. If you really think about, you were talking about recent ones. I was going to say, if you think about truly classic, classic genre pictures that stayed around forever, that are still classics to this day, mm-hmm. that may have been remade ad nauseum, but whatever. And the vast majority of them, the vast majority of horror pictures are low budget, independent oh, yeah. films. No, no, I no, mean, no, no, The no. Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, um, in more modern times, like The Ring. But you can, you. it's a very short list of what horror movies that w- really made a big, big cultural impact that weren't, it, you know, they might even even Emmer and Elm Street at the time. New Line Cinema was this very, very, very low end, uh, st- you know, distributor. They weren't yeah. New Line Cinema yet. So, no. uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's so overall. Yeah. And, but I mean, you, the fact that that was part of the story or that's still part of the story, because, I mean, 
most horror movies, even the ones back from our youth or even younger were low budget, but the fact that it's still part of the news cycle that this movie did well and had a very low budget or is made by a new or independent filmmaker, that's part of the boost. That's part of the underdog story that I yeah. think makes people go to see those films. And Well, I don't know that that makes them. I think it, it adds a level of interest when the movie turns out to be good, because let's be honest, well, even yeah, if everybody, if sucks, even if they, yeah. well, yeah, if everybody, it not even yeah. sucks, but let's just say it had been okay, but it wasn't, it didn't have the impact that it, this movie uh, allegedly has because we're not going to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think there's something else uh, to that, because if you talk about movies, I think it depends on the genre as well, um, because I think there are certain genres that just can't or I don't say can't that have a far less likelihood of success. Mm -hmm. Um, when they're low budget independents, I think there are a couple of genres that sci-fi well. would come to mind immediately. Yeah, sci-fi just doesn't work as well. Those big budget. It's possible. Action. It's possible, but it's very rare. It is rare and rare. Pr primer rare. Co pri primer comes to mind. Moon. I mean, there've been a few, but yeah. there are some, and yeah. I'm not saying there's none. But you know, uh, sci-fi, the action films. I mean, like general action films. Yeah, generally, that, action films that are low budget, almost universally, just. They kind of fail. I yeah. mean, unless it's a, a complete, you know, I mean, nexus you say of the that, universe. If you really say that, you point that out. I now can't listen. think of too many low budget. I mean, I know there, I know they exist, I'm sure. And obviously, yeah. I, but when I think of the classics in action, they're almost always these bigger productions. Yes. Because you've got special effects costs, you usually have to have some kind of action hero that's relatively known. And, and I know there are heroes that uh, are actors that come in as a new hero that work, but um, that doesn't work as well. Horror works very well because you can create suspense, you can create uh, um, fear, yeah. and and that whole supernatural element on very low. And typically, money. the low, you know, the uh, the effects when they Which just is just start. what Conjuring did. Oh my just god! Shut your pie hole. Oh, sorry. This would be the uh, shortest episode we've ever done. <laughs> um, and then drama works really well with it as well yeah. because you can do a great character yep. piece yep. and a great story without a lot of money. Now, comedy, yeah. I think that's one of those that doesn't work so well. No, I think I would. No, this is where this is where you did. Now, here's the catch. I will say it works well. However, the ones that work well with it typically are very niched down in their audience appeal. So the films of Wes yeah. Anderson, uh, some of the Coen brothers stuff, uh, you know, you could uh, yeah, just off yeah. the top of my head, you very, could come very up. Cultish. Yeah. And I mean, now look at like the you know, original meatballs and, um, oh, I'm just trying police to, Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> try to think of like truly like Harold and Maude, which is a fantastic movie. It's a yeah. dark comedy. I mean, there are definitely obvious. There are there are well, the Harold and Maude I think was still backed by a studio at the time. So that really that's not a good example. It was <laughs> it was it was counterculture ish, but it, it was, was not. It wasn't the typical movie. No, but, but it was. But it wasn't. It wasn't some. Indi big... But it wasn't some independent. You know, little right. uh, scrappy. Well, even look at something like. I mean, I know there again. There are examples of it. Like you think about Kick Ass. Kick Ass was what 20 30 million dollars tops for the budget i mean it wasn't it, and it had some pretty you know decent names but it made it back and it made it back quite a bit now because we talked about um the one with rain wilson that you and i saw uh oh in the super <laughs> super <laughs> that's hey, that's instant streaming right now you know that unedited i believe so oh my god i've got to watch that again 
Um, <laughs> but with your children, and no, I'm no, no. <laughs> Daddy doesn't want to explain why exactly a, a monkey wrench will collapse a human skull. <laughs> That movie was so messed up. Oh my god! That movie was messed up. Or why a girl that looks seventeen would? Oh gosh, she doesn't even look. Dude, Ellen Page is a cutie, but there but are she moments looks like she, she looked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You feel weird. You're like, oh yeah. wow, I know. Okay, she's and she legal. tries she's to get legal. all womanly, sexy, and it's yeah. Like, no, she doesn't get womanly, sexy, dude. She gets freaky deaky at a couple points, and you're. It was awkward. Yeah, it was awkward. She gets, yeah, she yeah. So but that uh, wasn't was yeah. Awkward. But the violence in it was. <laughs> it was, yeah. It's um, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, fast forward 30 seconds, especially when Ellen page gets capped. Oh That's- my God. Or, well, I don't know when though. Was it a Michael Rooker gets his head smashing? Remember that? Oh Against God. The- yeah. On the fire, on the mantle. Oh, oh like on- you could see a skull collapse. Like that was an oh. awesome effect. Cause like his eyes, like you could see the life go out of his eyes and the blood fill up the vessels. Oh, it was nasty, man. It was, it was very, it the was brains very- coming out. Oh, <laughs> close-up yeah. style folks it was for real yeah <laughs> it was rough it was it was very rough but again low budget independent but we film. loved it we we uh <laughs> i don't it so <laughs> but anyway i mean my well, point but, but, wait, is real quick, that, real quick real quick real quick side note we this is a rabbit hole podcast so i can do this um <laughs> brought to you by the man soon to bring you guardians of the galaxy <laughs> oh yeah the same James yeah, yeah, Gunn, that's right. yeah. Yep. yeah that's right so what were you talking about originally <laughs> Um, how amazing the conjuring was. Oh my God. It was good. It was good. Good night, everybody. <laughs> so you do realize I see here's the problem. I do not want my hopes build up either. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to F with you. Uh, um it was actually horrible. Until you hear what I actually think, I'm just gonna pull all kinds of weirdness out. But, okay. Okay. Um no, my original talk was on the number of trailers that are out. So um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to call them low budget cause none of them are $7,000 budgets, but, uh, there's some medium budgets conjuring, which I won't comment, uh, came out. I did see it. You haven't. Um, there are <laughs> a few, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Can I say that again? I've seen it in the theater. You haven't got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's some others out too. And, um, we, we started with Frankenstein's army. You still haven't told us what you thought. I, I do want to, I mean, I don't want to go see it in the theater. No, that uh, would be a waste of money. Trailer. No, I want it. I saw the trailer for it. Uh, and, um, it looks like a very stylized cheesy that I would see on a Saturday night watching one of my sci-fi movies. Yeah, so. I could see it in that context yeah. yes that would be fine I, I would watch it on dvd i'd watch it as i, I i'd buy it on dvd to watch or rent it from Redbox or something like that so i definitely yeah, you would, know that's would what it, is. It. it seems like the kind of movie when i'm going through Redbox and trying to find movies that have come out that i haven't seen yet that yeah. are bigger movies and i'm going through and i'm like oh honey let's just see if i can find one and and i always will come across titles and it seems like that kind of movie now I'll come across those kind of movies I haven't heard of anything about. Uh, it's it's sort of a Sharknado effect. Yeah, yeah, but see, like, even so Sharknado you see the title people, and it's like, ah, okay. Yeah, but Sharknado has obviously been built. To speaking of marketing, has been built up pretty big. This is literally like one of those movies that just to look at it, hear the title, see the poster, it would be exactly that type that I'm going through 
the Redbox yeah. app and oh oh freak it okay yeah, whatever I would just keep going. Well, it's the, so it's the same kind of thing that I like spiders. For yeah. Example. Yes. Yes. Is that the one with Edward Furlong? <laughs> um, no, it's the new one. Oh, that the was a rack quake or something, right? Rackno quake. A rack no quake. Yeah, Silly. same thing. If I saw that title, Spiders is a new one that came out just this year. It's at Redbox now. It's uh, uh, Krista Campbell, Patrick Muldoon. Um, Patrick and- Muldoon's in it? Yes. Wasn't he in Starship <laughs> Troopers? I know he was in some soap opera that my mom He was. He was Starship liked. Troopers. He actually had his brain sucked out in Starship Troopers. <laughs> So did the audience. (laughs) Zinger. No, that wasn't until two, three, and four. Um, No, but I mean, it's it's one of those things that you see it, and you're like, oh, that looks like something I would try on a $1 rental overnight, you know? Well, I would try. Maybe not you, so. (laughs) Maybe if I was really high. Yeah, it it would. And it's one of those that my family would be like, hey, we're going out to get a red box. We'll bring back something. And they bring back, you know, some first run movie. And then and we got you Frankenstein's army. (laughs) (laughs) They know you so well. Know me so well. So um, but I mean, I want to see it as a rental, but it's not something that I want to see in the theaters. Not like Godzilla. Which. I will be waiting in line at midnight to see the first one of those. Uh, I don't care what it looks like. I, I'm saying it now. I like I like that at a comic con they've shown those really close up stills, but it has a old school Godzilla vibe to the creature. It does. It does. No remade kind of T Rex ish. Uh, you know. Yeah, T Rex meets Velociraptor. Right. No, it looks like it's really going to be um, an original Godzilla with old school kind of things, um, elements to it. And Brian Cranston, who talked about a little bit of Comic-Con, he's going to be in it from Breaking Bad and, and, um, uh, Malcolm in the middle, who I love him and Malcolm in the middle. Um, I haven't seen Breaking Bad. I've seen a handful of episodes. I watched the first episode and I was so exhausted after watching it. I have yet to return. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I know I'll like it, but that's what I'm afraid of. That I'll do like what everybody else does is like binge watch it. So I'll just disappear for two and a half weeks of, and I'll right. literally look like one of one of their meth clientele. <laughs> you go out on like yeah. medical leave of absence yeah. for like eight days. Come back. Um, I watched thirty pounds like, lighter, sallow cheeks, <laughs> looking like him. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. But Brian Cranston is going to be in the new Godzilla, which which uh, gives me hope, and I'm excited about the fact that it's going to be old school because I like that. I mean, I like the old guy. Uh, the rubber suit kind of. Yeah, I don't, and I think it'll definitely be CGI and everything else. However, as long as they can still make it resemble the character. Yeah, well, you can CGI it as long as it still looks like the original creature yes. And, yes. and give it that feel. <clears throat> because I think that's what made it so attractive is, is the fact it's so campy and rubber suit. I mean, it goes back to like that scene from Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he rides through the set. <laughs> yeah. And it's the people like literally just kind of walking through a little miniature town and uh, in the rubberized suit. I mean, that's what made it neat. So you don't have to make it super sci-fi, $300 million kind of thing. You can make it uh, fun and, and engaging yeah. without being that. Well, but, and, and while I know you're excited about that, you know what I'm excited about? And my guess is you have yet to watch the trailer, which kind of pisses me off, but that's okay. Oh, au contraire, my friend. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Go right ahead, because I've been trailer binging this week. Did you watch the trailer for Curse of Chucky? I did. (laughs) 
I stand. I, I stand did. corrected, I which is my did. which is which is my new motto. I'm gonna have that tattooed on my ass. <laughs> I know, stand it, corrected. Would you like to know why I watched it? No. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. So why are you excited about it? No. Well, why did you watch it seriously? <laughs> because the doll in Conjuring is so freaking scary. <laughs> I, I wanted to compare it to the new Chucky movie because I know you liked it and it was a doll and yeah so I hate you anyway we're moving on <laughs> so yes uh, the curse of Chucky yes the new one is yes it's coming out in October the actual movie it's going to be a direct video although I believe there is some talk of limited 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 theatrical um, and apparently this is an intentional move by the filmmakers and producers and they did not even attempt to try and make this a uh, theatrical movie they of course had the last couple bride of chucky and seed of chucky i've seen bride i've seen the first 20 or so minutes of seed <sighs> have you seen it i have not, not seen seed of chucky. i've seen the original and then i saw um bride of chucky with the blonde yeah. doll yes yeah but jennifer but tilly does just- the voice yeah, yeah. I've not seen Seed of Chucky. That's where they have had a child. It's a very odd-looking doll child thing. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the original Child's Play 1, 2, and 3. And I always liked 1. Actually, I always liked 2. I love 1. 1, I just freaking love. But And I always like 2. And 3, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the ones at the military school and Andy's supposed to be grown up. And eh, it's, yeah. a, it's been a long... I probably haven't seen that since maybe shortly after it came out. I saw it at the theater and then I may have watched it on video once, but I haven't seen it since then. And I like I said, bride seed again. Eh, I probably end up finishing it at some point. Not, <laughs> not high pry. I mean, it's definitely over the top and, and goofy. Bride of Chucky was goofy, but it was beautifully made. I believe Ron, I, I, it was fun. It was fun. Goofy. I mean, yeah. I like, well, it, it was, it was just really well made too. I think it was Ronnie. U that directed that the guy did J- Freddy versus oh, Jason. I, I think it was the guy, same guy did Freddy versus Jason. He has a very, you know, fantastic style that's very beautiful and uh, yeah. gothic and and so yeah it would but yeah i agree with you it was campy and over the top and you know that's what it was it's fun. Yeah. I, I like it i actually really like it but obviously it went a totally different direction here's the thing yeah. with curse of chucky and i'll you can say your piece on the trailer in a second what immediately grabbed my attention was a i was happy that they're keeping brad dorf as the voice number one yeah. number two don mancini the guy who wrote and directed well he wrote the very First child's play. Actually, he wrote all of them. He he did direct Seed of Chucky. <laughs> we're gonna we're not gonna hold that against him because he did write you know the the first right. one. Uh, he wrote and directed this one as well. Yep. And supposedly, obviously, this guy has some sort of control over this property, or he's got dirty pictures of somebody that he could blackmail him with. Something's going on because <laughs> typically, the guy who wrote the first movie doesn't have this much power and influence over subsequent movies as this guy does. So, Especially when we're talking a reboot. Yeah, well, now this one, here's the thing. It plays a bit like a reboot. However, there's allusions to the original. They definitely are saying it's like 20 years later, and now he's really back for some kind of vengeance about what happened 20 years ago. So yeah. they're... they're Definitely alluding to the first child's play. And what Mancini has said is that this is actually part four. That as far as he's concerned, one, two, and three, and this would be part four, that 
it's as if Bride and Seed never happened, that those are just sort of offshoot alternate universe. And this film, Curse of Chucky, feels much more in line tonally with the first one. That's yeah. More like the original child's play. Yes, it definitely does. And if it feels like it should be within that world. Now, I love that right off the bat in the trailer, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the trailer yet, I love that the good guy doll is back and they've modified it just a hair. Like they've, you could see it's different, but it's not crazy different. It's not, um, um, completely different look and feel. It looks exactly the same, but maybe his his eyes seem wider, and which kind of makes him creepier looking. His mouth is wide open, and they're just he's always he's in this real happy expression, but it's kind of like maybe a Mooney would have during some kind of big cult revival. You know, like he's, ah, a, ah, he's still a freaking scary soul. Well, and I just love that that voice. You know, that I'm your friend <laughs> to the end. That you know that kicks it. It's yeah. Just like those, those again. Those if you're gonna do this kind of thing, those little illusions go a long freaking way <laughs> to making me happy. Anyway, well, you know we're gonna have to throw into this now. We're gonna have to put a trailer up or at least a commercial for my buddy, uh, my, my buddy. buddy. <laughs> Wherever I go, he goes. My buddy, <laughs> my buddy. My buddy and me. It's wow. supposed to be a play on. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, this is definitely, that was definitely. The idea was the boy doll. Yeah. Satirizing the my buddy phenomenon. Yeah. So he is apparently, the premise is a family. They don't say that they are connected to Andy and, and his mother from the first movie. Or right. even, or even possibly the family that had adopted Andy in the second film, uh, but that there that someone has died, and this woman is, uh, I believe her sister shows up, and I want it's either the sister's daughter or the woman who's in some kind of mourning over the loss of someone. Yeah, Maybe it's yeah. her daughter. Anyway, mysterious package shows up at the mail. Ah, oh, it's this really cool good guy doll. Hmm, no one knows how I got there. Well. It, eyes and really creepy red hair yeah yeah and (laughs) it's of course chucky and in the trailer they show him morph into his chuckiness obviously they did cgi to a a degree but what i loved it didn't look like it was a lot there was and if it was they did a really good job of making it not look like it's cgi i think the cgi is mostly affecting his facial features to make them more expressive which is really really unsettling because it's unnatural it just it yeah it's a doll face it's plastic it shouldn't friggin have that look on it damn it and that one look well, I, I, when he like lowers his head and like his eyes are you know it was like <laughs> that jack nicholson in the shining face is like what yes. the fuck? <laughs> exactly but they did a good blend i mean at least in the trailer anyway it looks like they did a good blend of practical and cgi which mm-hmm. That's what I like is yeah, that if, that's if the what it whole thing was a freaking Chucky CGI, it would oh, look like a cartoon. Ho- it'd be, it'd be, oh, yeah, I, don't, it might, I don't know. Just I, I'm going to throw this out there as a hypothetical. It might look like a little green Jedi guy bouncing around like a friggin' frogger <laughs> <laughs> as he battles Count Dookie. Oh, my God. Not that that's ever happened. No. Just, well, hypoth- I said hypothetically. Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. So um, something I wanted to point out Wait, after so I watched do, the trailer. Oh, okay. What did you think? Um, I, I'd actually like to see it. I, don't I know. know if I, I think I'm really excited. To be honest with yeah, you. It, it, it looks like a, like I said, a return to the original child's play. And that's the one I liked the most was the original mm-hmm. one of those. Um, but I, I'd actually like to see it. The one thing I, I caught, cause after I watched the trailer, went back and looked up the IMDB page. 
the the girl that plays the main kid, Nika. Yes. Yep. She is actually Brad Dorf's daughter. I I know now she's not the little kid, is she? I think it's the woman no. that's sort of the hair like the protagonist of the main the little girl is not the protagonist in the same way Andy was I guess, no, th- this woman's sort of like the Catherine Hicks character from the original Child's Play I guess but yeah it's yes, Brad Dorf's like that's that, awesome yeah. I think it's fantastic that's great I thought that was kind of cool and assuming she, looks she can act it. of course <laughs> we hope uh, yeah so <laughs> and this wasn't just you know typical Hollywood nepotism <laughs> yeah but, right you, know, you, know, you want me back as Chucky's voice then you cast my goddamn daughter <laughs> so so yes so it looks good I want to see it I want to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. It, it really looks good. So <laughs> I, I'm also finding that despite my curmudgeonliness, you know, all oh, these kids today and they're crap. I my goddamn movies. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it's a conversation you and I had offline where we discussed the fact that, you know, we just sometimes want to just watch movies and enjoy them. It was like Pacific Rim. Everybody's hating on Pacific Rim. I saw that one, which by the way, Jay, have you gotten a chance to catch that one yet? Jay? Huh? Huh? Jay? Huh? Uh, it, the DVD oh. hmm. or the film? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no, well, you're not the only one. Apparently, I am the only one that went. Uh, and <laughs> But you know what, though? I don't care. I don't I care what the reviews were. I no, well, still up, the reviews were not that horrible. Re- it, it was. And I went expecting a big-ass kaiju movie with giant robots fighting giant monsters. If you expect- but was it really? What's that? But what was it really? Well, it was actually it was a movie about giant robots fighting giant kaiju monsters. So it was exactly what you expected. Well, right? Yeah. Well, and 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 I think go to that that guy's point about well, our expectations should be it's a good movie. And yes, he's right. I was expecting to be entertained. I was. I found. I, I mean, was the story perfect? No, but I just. I think the problem is oftentimes. People that are very deep into the world of film criticism, what they view as entertaining, I don't know if the masses view as as entertaining. Does that make sense? Now, and I'm not applying this necessarily to this one, uh, the one guy that uh, that talked about the expectations, but their their view of how things should be original and different. Yeah, sometimes it's almost for its own sake, and I'm not saying that it's okay for a movie to be crap and redundant and a retread. But I think if it's done effectively and if there's enough high points to offset the low points, I'm okay with that. I can only speak for myself here. I'm okay with that. No, and I, I was entertained. And, and I agree with that. And, and I don't and I, want to go into every single movie as a, Oh, oh, oh this movie didn't meet the movie. You know. No, 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 no. And, and, and it's not about whether or not something is critically acclaimed and not about whether or not something was, uh, you know, is Oscar worthy. I think sometimes you just, and I've had this philosophy for many years. That's the whole reason I like those cheesy sci-fi movies. If I can be entertained at some level, I like the movie. It doesn't have to be perfectly written, perfectly acted, perfectly. Well, and at the uh, end of the day, ex- isn't that what a movie's supposed to be? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> isn't that why we fell in so, love with movies to begin with? It wasn't. <laughs> can you picture your 10, 11, 12 year old self going, oh, this, so this movie did not properly explore man's metaphorical and and literal uh, existential crises when uh, dealing with uh, the preponderance of uh, violence. 
No, we said such revisionist of the old classics and then the re no, reimagining no, of the idea no. of the what it would no. What was awesome is it was about a guy with a conjoined twin in a basket and he goes on a killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the how the Navy Army combination creates a mega weapon that is a shark and an octopus and they lose control. Yes. Or That's the Navy, Army, Air Force, Marines, and the world create the Jaeger program to fight the kaiju. Which, by the way, total mild spoiler alert, very early on. And the one thing I did love from a visual perspective, and I think one thing everybody's... Um, if you give me a spoiler, if you oh. give me a spoiler on Pacific Rim, I have to give you a spoiler on The Conjuring. You kind of already have, though. <laughs> I you, did, the doll. So okay, that, you The doll, pre- and you said it was awesome. That's not a spoiler. Yeah, it kind of. That's is. my personal opinion. So, no, it creates okay. all this expectation in my head now. Uh, okay, so I get one. So I've, I did mention that one of the things I loved is that the world looks worn from the offset. That the the suits that they wear, that they get they get into the pilots yeah. of the Jaegers. That kind of the old future. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. I, and I thought the name Jaeger was cool. They give you the definition at the beginning of Jaeger is I believe German for hunter. So so it's kind of cool that those are, you know, obviously the monster hunters and uh, plus it sounds cool. Jaeger, Jaegermeister. So (laughs) (laughs) would you drink lots of that and then get into one of those suckers? Woohoo! So there's one scene where these two characters, I won't say who they are, what the relationship is, but the one guy is kind of doing the, oh yeah, yeah, let's get going. I'm ready to kick some ass. And the other guy looks, hey, don't get cocky, kid. Yes. Love so. it. Yeah. So I thought. Don't I get it. Go watch Star Wars. So, <laughs> sci fi movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So, was, you know, and it's like, so you could be like, well, gee, that's original. But it was, <laughs> it was a nice little. I felt like this movie was one big homage to just everything that Guillermo del Toro loves. Yeah. In movies. Like, that's what it felt like to me. In, in sci fi monster movies, that this is what this guy grew up with. And he wanted to make his insanely, insanely overpriced version of it <laughs> yes and i say good on it man i mean it was i thought Whatever. it was entertaining yeah no i i'm i still want to go see it i don't care and what and some, and here's the key Gilbert the toros i mean we talked about pan's labyrinth before uh, did you yeah. ever see devil's backbone the ghost story he did uh, no you've talked about it but very, i haven't seen it very very good effective ghost story very low oh, key Pan's labyrinth alone oh yeah will make me go see anything he makes it's yeah. just yeah, so I think there might have been going back to expectations. Certain people, even with Hellboy, I think people went in yeah. thinking that this was going to. I I don't know. I really don't know what people thought. I mean, to me, yeah. it was much smarter than a Transformers movie. It was no, you know, I agree, and that's what I. That's what makes me want to go see it. Is it feels better than that yeah. over budgeted? Well, I can't say over budgeted because. Pacific Rim is still two hundred million dollars. Yeah, about two hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Retract that statement. Yes. So. Anyway, but, but next that trailer. being said, but that being said, <laughs> Curse of Chucky. I'm not yes. gonna lie. I'm excited. My my uh, inner my I, inner I, I twelve go thirteen year old horror geek is really just excited about that for some reason. <laughs> we may have to go out one Saturday night and geek over it. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so we, we've I, been doing this for fifty two minutes, and we've covered like two movies. So do you want to do one more? No, we covered a lot. And, uh, do and what? The, do you want to do one more trailer and then we'll do uh Oh, C&D? son of a bitch. I have two that I'm really excited okay, about. Okay, then tell them, geez. I'll, oh, I'll, edit, I'll have to I'll edit you down anyway. Go ahead. You will. <laughs> um, so there's one that I talked about that this one will probably be quick. Um, I really, really, really want to go see 
Cockneys versus zombies. Okay, so next. <laughs> I, wa- I, wa- I did, like you said, I watched the trailer. Okay, so anyway, it looks like a, it looks like a funny, uh, a very stylized um, zombie movie, similar to Shaun of the Dead type of comedy, horror, um, and uh, it looks very funny. But it stars somebody who I am very fond of, and that's why I had the attachment to it, because – it stars Richard Briers. Do you know who that is? Uh, Richard. Stand out to you, Briar. He's the guy in the. Uh, he was a stand-up comic. I thought he died. Um, he's the guy in the trailer. <laughs> Shut up. He did die. He did, died last or uh, this year, I think, beginning who? of this. Year. Richard Briers. The, the guy who did the the live on the Sunset Strip and Silver Streak and. No, Richard Pryor. Oh. Richard Briers, and oh. he did die. He died this Oh, wow. That joke fell flat, didn't it? But <laughs> jackass. Oh, my God. No, I'm serious. You wouldn't know that. Anyway, when, when my wife and I were first married, we would have a date night. And we were broke, no money, no nothing. And on PBS, Saturday nights, they played Britcoms. And she stayed with you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, it was touch and go that first couple of years. Um, <laughs> But they played British comedies, and it was old British uh, uh, comedies from the 70s and uh, uh, even some from earlier than that. It's like some from the 60s. But one of the ones that we fell in love with was from the the mid-70s called Good Neighbors. And it's about this British couple who are at – he's at a – I think he's at like a marketing firm or something. He's he's rising up the ladder. They both decide they want to create a a, a home-based farm. In their little neighborhood, and it's you know it's very very cute, very funny. I like the British comedy uh, um, TV series, but he played Tom, the the good neighbor in it. He was the the husband. So in this new movie that just came out, that's coming out this year, um, uh, Cockneys versus Zombies, he plays a really old guy at a retirement home with a walker who can barely move, and they play they they kind of play off the idea that he can't move any faster than these slow walking zombies. And I will tell you now, let me just get this out of the way. I did watch a trailer. He told me my initial yes. reaction was, Oh brother, Shaun of the dead rip <laughs> off. Yes. We've seen this. We get it. Zombies. Ha ha. You're so ironic. And then they showed the scene with the old guy on the walker. And, the zom- in front of like, the and everybody's watching through and go, go, go. he's like, he's not going to make it. And he's like, and the zombie, and-, <laughs> and he's like, Dear, so, uh, that was awesome. And then you see these, you know, octogenarians with AK 47s and missile and or whatever. Like, have to shoot them in the head. And the old people are like, we know where to shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they've got like well, this old Richard folks Rimes. home fighting zombies. Like, okay, this movie just went up about eight notches. It's so, uh, so it looks cute. I mean, it's, uh, it's probably not one that will even come out in the theater near my house, but, um, it, it does look cute. And it looks funny and I'd like to see it. And so I'll be definitely watching for it to come out, uh, for rental or for DVD. Um, but it looks neat. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. And like I said, it was nostalgic for me cause, cause Richard Briars is in it. And, um, he was somebody I really liked it has a warm place in my heart. So Aww, anyway, in your cold, cold heart, the one warm the spot heart of a zombie that he blasts out with an Uzi. So, <laughs> so what is your last trailer? Last one. I watched something you told me to watch. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. So you told me to watch Escape Plan. Yep. So it's starring Sylvester Stallone. Yep. 
Uh, he's the primary. Yep. He is, I guess, a uh, um, criminal who can escape any well, no, prison. I don't think he's a criminal. I think he has, maybe at one point he was. I think he owns a consultancy firm, like in like Sneakers. Remember Sneakers with Robert Redford and David Strathairn and Ben Kingsley? Yeah, where they hire uh, the, the yeah, crew, co- yeah, to test the system, so to speak. So he's so, hired to escape from prisons, basically. And he is the he is the expert. He can get out of any prison. And the trailer shows him kind of escaping from a maximum security isolation. Uh, he's put in yep. solitary confinement kind of thing. And so they ask him to try and break out of the tomb. It's a which is actually a pretty cool idea. Yeah, the idea is neat. It's where they put people that is beyond governments and they don't want anybody to know about and get out of. I guess this is what's under Guantanamo Bay. But so he has this, is, this. This puts the super in Supermax. This puts the super in Supermax. And so he goes to this really. Um, what was the movie that Sylvester Stallone and I? I can't remember this. Lock up. Brain. Lock up. Was it lockup? Nineteen eighty-eight, I think. Where yeah. he's having the dreams and they're like, "This is an unauthorized dream," and you cannot. Oh no, 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 no! You're talking about Dem- Demolition Man. Demolition Man, yes. I think you're about Where... lockup because he was in prison no, no. in that one. Yeah. No, no, no! It was Demolition Man, yes, because he's kind of in this futuristic. It almost it doesn't look. I don't think it looks futuristic. I mean, the the well, here's the thing: the prison has a certain vibe to it, and the the freaking guards. That was creepy, right? Yeah, they're like black, face, yeah, they have like black masks on, so they're faceless. Which actually, if you think psychologically, really good idea. Well, yeah, especially you we talk with about people. Any, yeah, yeah, any kind of uh, uh, um, prison that has humans working in it that are, uh, you know, uh, have to abide by the laws. Uh, you know, they've got real people working <laughs> there. Laws, you're cute. And apparently, this is not one of them. But the big deal about this movie is that Sylvester Stallone's main character, the second guy that places i guess the compadre or the person that's going to help him break out of this fantastically crazy prison arnold schwarzenegger well and of course you left out one key element that they describe in the trailer which is apparently stallone was brought in to test this particular prison and then it, he was double crossed somehow and they've actually locked him away there for good he's stuck uh, yeah, just seeing the trailer, my guess is that's not true, that he was actually still trying to break out. They're setting them up to give him motivation to get out. And You think so? No, nah, I don't think so. I think he, somehow there was some kind of conspiracy that they, and they double-crossed him. Based on his reactions in the trailer, I don't think that be. at all. Yeah. Could be. So, uh, this is the first time you pointed out, other than the Expendables, that these yep. two 80s action megastars have yep. been together in a movie, um, which at first I was like, no, no, no. Oh yeah, no. I just watched those movies in the same day. Never mind. So, but they are the uh, to me two of the most iconic '80s action yes. film stars ever. I mean, I, I loved Over the Top, even though you know we covered it just recently, and it was Chief Sloan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dude, hold, big, hold, hold, big Jason, Jason, hold on one second, dude. It's like yeah. you're talking and then you're just dropping. Hold on. Yeah, your garble is like. It's like a bad cell connection. <laughs> well, I am driving to Hollywood, and uh, I'm meeting up with Arnold right now. I'm heading to his estate. Um, Maria's got the uh, got the cocktail. Oh, she's back. Oh, Maria's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, for when I show up. Whoa, hey oh. All right, hey. all right. So you were saying Stallone, Schwarzenegger, continue. Anyway, Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger. They're, you, they're, say, you said you said you you loved over the top and all that. 
the two of them both for the, for the entirety of the eighties. I love their movies. Um, so I saw the trailer for this. <clears throat> I'd like to know what you thought first. You suck. Okay. I thought initially I saw Expendables one in the theater, loved it. I loved Mickey Rourke in it. I loved Dolph Lundgren in it. I loved Stallone in it. I liked that even though Bruce Willis and Schwarzenegger were in it, they were in it for like a nanosecond. Yeah. Because it was a good cameo, but it didn't overstay its welcome. And it just was really, it was a classically 80s action movie, just unapologetically just balls to the wall. Yeah. Yep. I then saw Expendables 2 in the theater. <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> I mean, I, as I've told you, and I'm just going to tell the audience, if you haven't seen it, Chuck Norris makes a cameo appearance. And in the scene he's in, Chuck Norris makes, makes a Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris joke. Jokes, yeah. yeah. Um, it's one of those that the sequel actually takes points away it from It kind of did. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> did. Because I thought, oh, God, I can't wait to see the first one again. And then I saw Jack and I was like, ah, yeah, when I get around to it. No, And of course, that. they're making the third one. And supposedly Mel Gibson's going to be the big bad. Which is intriguing. It's a, I'll give him that. It's definitely an intriguing idea. We'll see how it plays out. Jean-Claude yeah, Van Damme was in the second too. one. And Jean-Claude Van Damme was the best thing in the second one. <sighs> so here's the deal. I went into Escape Plan thinking, okay, look, I'm not going to lie again. Same thing with the Child's Play deal. It's a nostalgia. Yeah. It's yep. a little C and D, definitely C and D. It's like, oh my god, this the twelve year old me would be completely just crapping his pants over this. And I started the trailer. I was like, ah. as it played on, by the end of it, I was like, I did that that like hmm, face, like the <laughs> holy crap, I kind of want to see this. And I think because it didn't feel like within the trailer, which is you know can be a little deceiving, species. <laughs> I, it, it felt like everybody was present and accounted for. Like, even Schwarzenegger, he looks old, but I like that he's this grizzled old inmate. Like, they don't try and make him, you know, I'm on the, then I'm saying, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, he's shooting people and beating people up, but it fits yeah. with the fact that he's a prisoner. And Stallone, I don't know what the hell kind of alleged human growth hormone is. But, dude, I swear to God, he looked younger in this than he did in the damn last couple of movies he was in. It's weird. But it, I don't know. The whole thing felt right. Is that, you know, for what and again, for what it is. But yep. but yep. even for what it is, it just looked like a fun ball. Now, here's the key. It better not be PG-13 and it better not be one of those R's where they it was, you know, it was going to be PG-13, but the 11th hour, they realized that was a puss move, like a good, good so day to die hard. Yeah. Yeah. Or they, they, yeah, yeah, they show it. They throw in some CGI. Oh, that was Expendables too. They threw in CGI blood. And that pushed it to R. I want to say, was that because, yeah, because I think, yeah, it was because originally it was going to be PG-13 and everybody got pissed because the first one was, I mean, it was pretty damn violent. Um, but the second one, yeah, they ended uh, up making it R. They filled it with CGI blood, and I don't even think there was an F bomb. Uh, mm. But it's not that I want F bombs for their own sake. It's I want it to no. feel if it fits. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a good day to die hard was technically R because they cussed a few extra times, but it never felt like it felt like they initially meant this to be a PG thirteen movie. It just uh, I yeah. I'm not one of these people that says oh if it's PG thirteen and it's a horror movie and actually it's going to suck. No, I say if it's the story you're telling and it happens to become that rating fine yeah. but if you start yep. with that rating it's the tail wagging the dog and it's gonna suck yes because you're trying to push it yes you're forcing it so i'm hoping escape plan is either peter Jean just because although it's a prison action movie starring stallone and schwarzenegger i'm gonna go on a limb and say probably should be r do you want to know what i think oh god 
What? <laughs> so I uh, what what chorus line? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't even give you a chance. I don't even give you a chance. (laughs) Kiss my airy ass. No. um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, that's right. That was the other person who was in the trailer. I was like, holy crap. Sam Neill. That's right. Yeah. 50 Cent. Oh, yeah. Huh? What what, what was the, uh, who was the chick that was, uh, that was my politically correct way of asking the actress. There was a chick. Uh, Did you, (laughs) Amy Ryan, were you talking about the actress? Oh, that's who Amy it was. Ryan? Yes, yes, yes. I was trying to remember who it was. It was the lady from who played Heidi in the office. Yeah, she's in War of the Worlds with uh, Tom Cruise. and Yeah. Yeah, I did. I really tried to forget that movie didn't exist. Sorry. <laughs> I, yes. I remember her from the office and she was in uh, Gone Baby Gone. God, that's a good movie. Yes. Yeah. But it, Vincent D'Onofrio looks like he plays like a, um, well, I'm going to say a cop, but kind Kinda, of a, yeah. a high level. And, and uh, oh, I Jim, love him. Jim Caviezel was the warden. That's right. Oh yeah, because he was the one in the trailer. Just remembering all this crap. Because that's when Sylvester Stallone's like, "Where's Warden so and so?" And he's like, "There is no Warden so and so." Um, But yeah, so it looks to me at first, I was like, "Oh Jesus, this is going to be an Expendables kind of thing." Uh, It's they're trying to throw together Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. They're trying to play off the two names, guys of our age, to get to the theater to see these two guys. And which, which by the, the way, trailer. would totally work. <laughs> uh, but there's not that many. Okay, but there's not enough to support enough of us to support a movie like this unless it's good. Yeah. I was actually really surprised. Yeah. I trailer looked good. I like Stallone. I think he's a good actor. I like Schwarzenegger, but recently they both had a couple of meh's. And so, but this looks good. And this actually looks pretty cool. It reminded me of um, Escape from Alcatraz with Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Where that at least the beginning when he's trying to escape from that maximum security prison, it reminded me of that kind of thing. Yeah. He looks grizzled and old and mm-hmm. smart and wise and conniving kind of thing. And, well, and, and, I, and, I, and I think this role. Well, we've talked about. It. I think we both love prison escape heist kind of movies. movies yeah, that, yeah. You know, movies that are about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's got that going for it. I like that at least from the trailer. It yeah. is not. Here's the thing. It feels like it's going to be a movie that they would have made 20 years ago. And I mean that in the best way of saying it in the sense that they are not self-consciously playing their persona. And that's it. Like Schwarzenegger, even in movies where they were over the top and goofy and he was in his full on, you know, I'll be back. I'm no, I'm like the living Terminator. You know, he always kind of played the same kind of guy, but it wasn't. As self-referential as say that it was in Expendables two or even Expendables one, where they were purposely yeah, making I mean, all these was- references to the stuff these exact actors had done. Escape Plan feels like it would be the kind of movie that would have come out like Lock Up or Raw yeah. Deal or any of those movies. Yep. No, it's it's definitely not as hey, we're going to show you action heroes from the eighties acting like they're action heroes from the eighties. Yeah. It's more these are seasoned actors who are going to play characters uh, in a freaking story. <laughs> yeah, similar to the way uh, Clint Eastwood played in Unforgiven. I they, really don't think we're going to compare this to Unforgiven, but okay, I'll go with no, it. No, not in the same. No, I don't mean in the, the movies are the same yeah, level. I mean yeah. the fact that Clint Eastwood has played so many cowboy characters. Yes, I see what you're saying. Very, very well. Yeah. And in Unforgiven, he played an old cowboy without 
recreating exactly the yes. old characters he played yes. where they were just milking an old idea. Yeah. It was a new kind of character, but it still had a feel that he was at that zone. So I'm but not what, comparing the movies. Yeah. I'm just saying they feel the same from that. Cause while this looks entertaining, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it ain't getting not any, not uh, best picture <laughs> nods or anything else, no, but, no, but no. it looked very entertaining. No. It looked like it, it does look good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, so that was my last trailer. That Sorry. was your, that was your last trailer. Yes. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> Insert music in edit here. So, uh, yeah, so that was the trailer trash and, uh, yeah, that was all episode trailer trash. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, wasn't it? Holy crap. Do, do you want to do the CND or do you want to hold it till next time? Uh, how long have we been going? <laughs> We're at 110. <laughs> how long? All right, let's... Hold on, you crapped out again, Skype. You let's 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 hit the trailer or uh, CMD. Let's hit CMD theater. All right, here it goes. Welcome to CMD theater with Jason Biggs and Joe Robinson. On auction. Hey man, you ever go in the thought room or whatever they call it? The place where they shoot Kyle in the head with a big air gun? Oh, a gun? That gun's no good. Mm-mm. I was in there once with my uncle. Don't wait. With sludge. See, that's way better. They die better that way. Well, how come? I thought the gun was better. Oh no. We knew way. People put out jobs. Did you do that? Look, I was the killer. Damn! Insane! <laughs> Bloody brilliant that was! What, what, it, what stuns me is how much Cartman actually sounds like Franklin. That's what the hell did we even say? <laughs> I don't even. I, I I know. In the in the in the Franklin comment, th those of you out there know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm listening. I'm thinking. Okay, I remember recording this a little while ago. Uh, I'm, but, <laughs> Oh, I know when I was when I was trying when I was trying to get them together to edit, and I was going through. I was like, "Oh crap! I completely forgot we had done this one." <laughs> so, by all means, if you can guess what the hell we were talking about there, if you can even understand the words that were coming out of our mouths. <laughs> so, Jason, would you like to hit everybody with some pre-canned knowledge? Yes. Um, ready? <gasps> For more off-script action, go to offscriptpodcast.com. Join our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at, at OffscriptCast. More importantly, don't forget to check us out on iTunes and leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the higher we rate. The higher we rate, the more listeners we get. The more listeners we get, the more reviews we'll get. It's a vicious cycle. If you have any questions or comments, keep them to your damn self. If you have a guest for the CND Theater or suggestion for the ADD Top 10, email us. That is all. So, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any uh, any final words or uh... yes? <laughs> um, the conjuring was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I kind of hate you. 